0: And welcome to Staff Picks, the podcast for movie nerds, by movie nerds. As always, I'm Mario Lanza, and I am your host on our journey through the movies out there that just need a little more love. And today on Staff Picks, we have a special episode because we are doing a Christmas episode. And I have not done too many of these before. I believe I did a Christmas horror story two years ago, which is a fun one. Not a typical Christmas movie. This year we've decided to go a little more traditional Christmassy, a little more family friendly. And I've chosen the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy Jingle All the Way. Which, right off the bat, I will tell you, one of those movies that was not well-received when it first came out, yet somehow developed a beloved cult following over the years, and now is this huge beloved family classic, which it definitely was not at the time, and I'll be, it'll be interesting to talk about how that happened and why. And my guest for this episode, uh, this is someone I have known on Facebook for a long time, easily ten years. In fact, we've even uh, co-moderated survivor groups together. We've been moderators together, yet I've never actually talked to her. I just know she's very funny and witty online and snarky. And I'm like, you know what? You would be great on a podcast. So I asked her and she finally uh, agreed to it. And I'm very excited to welcome to her first podcast ever. So uh, let's see. If you're in the reality TV world on Facebook, you may know her because she and I are always in the same groups. Uh, But this is her first podcast. Let's see. I don't know much about her. She's one of these shadowy lurking figures who does not post much about herself online. I just know she makes me laugh. So welcome to Staff Picks to talk about Jingle All the Way, Katie Banks. Woo! Hello. <laughs> now, Katie, is that all you want people to know about you? I literally don't know any more about you than that.
1: Um, Dogs are better than cats, and dog bars are awesome, and Eddie should have won Survivor 26.
0: Perfect. You know, the Survivor audience and the Arnold Schwarzenegger audience, it's a perfect overlap.
1: Oh, great. I'm here trying to get the Jake Lloyd audience in, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I should point out, this is how Katie sold me that she should be the co-host for Jingle All the Way, because she apparently is a huge Jake Lloyd fan. And you said your family is all Jake Lloyd fans?
1: Yes, or it's probably just my brother and me. But I remember playing games like when we were younger, family games like balderdash and whatever and we'd always try and have a jake lloyd in our answers (laughs) not sure why we've probably only seen this and uh phantom menace with him in and i think he i recently looked up his imdb and he's in like at least two other movies but i've never seen those or heard of those (laughs) so my jake lloyd fandom really only spans two
0: movies (laughs) yeah for people who are unaware of the name jake lloyd is the little boy in this movie and he was later little anakin and then. I guess two other movies. I don't know anything else about the Jake Lloyd oeuvre. Is that it? All there is? I guess so.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he was bullied mercilessly after Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, and he retired and was eventually diagnosed as this paranoid or paranoid schizophrenic, and it was all, you know, really bad for this kid. I feel like. He was the 90s Rebecca Black.
0: (laughs) You've already brought everyone down on the podcast. We've learned the sad tale of Jake Lloyd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This from the world's greatest Jake Lloyd fan.
1: (laughs) Yes. So just know this guy deserves more respect than he actually got as a kid back in the 90s and early 2000s. Poor kid.
0: Now, all kidding aside, do you think he was good as a child actor? Like, in Jingle All the Way and as little Annie Skywalker, do you think he was good, or is that kind of a mocking way that you enjoy him?
1: I'm not sure. Like, I won't say he's bad, but I also enjoy stuff that's bad. It's humorously good, too.
0: (laughs) So it's a fine line. You're not entirely sure where you stand.
1: Yes. That sounds accurate. (laughs)
0: Nothing but respect for Jake Lloyd.
1: Yes, I'm not sure what kind of respect that is, but it's there.
0: Yeah, you know he's a big listener of the show, so you're you're on thin ice already. (laughs) Oh no, I love you, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, so all Jake Lloyd aside, it turns out there's actually a bigger name in this movie, and that would be (laughs) uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I have said before, I am a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. He was probably my favorite actor growing up. This is the third Schwarzenegger movie we've done on Staff Picks. We did, uh, let's see, Last Action Hero, and we did uh, True Lies. So this is the third.
1: And clearly the best.
0: So you have you seen the other two? Would you say this is the best of those three movies?
1: I've seen True Lies. That one had, what, Eliza Dushku as the daughter?
0: Yes, Eliza Dushku.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Love her. She's the one I would have rambled on about if I was doing that podcast. <laughs>
0: Right before she was bullied in school and laughed out of Hollywood like Jake Lloyd, right?
1: Uh, then she came back as Faith on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so it all works out. Okay.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, but yes, this is indeed a Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy. And I have to say, personally, I loves me an Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy. I know they were never his biggest movies, but I've, there's never been a Schwarzenegger comedy I don't like. Now, are you in the same boat? Do you like him when he does comedy? Yes. I'm assuming
1: I really don't know many of these comedies. So we got, what, Kindergarten Cop? And Twins. Oh, God. Twins. Yes. Danny DeVito.
0: Although this does lead into an interesting question, and I think I know the answer to this already. Every single person who comes on an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast has an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. They're all ready to bust out. You do not have one. Is that correct?
1: No. My impression will be him beating beer to a reindeer. <laughs>
0: Okay, so as the podcast goes on, I will do the Schwarzenegger impressions. You can do the Jake Lloyd impressions. Yippee! <laughs> you said you'd come, Dad. You said you promised. <laughs> okay. Okay, so give me a little backstory on why you like this movie. Because Katie's someone I've been wanting to get on a podcast for a long time, and she kind of gave me a list of movies that were especially dear to her. And Jingle All the Way was on there, and I'm like... I've always wanted to do that as a staff picks episode. So, why do you like this movie so much? Aside from, of course, it being Jake Lloyd's grand, you know, coronation.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, besides that, I uh, remember liking it as a kid. So, when it came out, I was, what, seven years old? I'm the same age as Jake Lloyd. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so keep that in mind as we're going through this movie. I'll be more. The Jake Lloyd of it, while maybe Mario, who's actually a dad, might be more of the Arnold of it. (laughs) Yeah, so I just thought it was funny as a kid. And I remember when I rewatched it for the first time in many years, like a while ago, there's all these, like, The Room references that as a lover of that, I saw them all here and thought they were just hilarious and just the shenanigans that Arnold and Sinbad got into throughout the movie. Like, they're all over the top and just funny to me.
0: Wait, there's room references in this? What? Please elaborate on that.
1: Okay, so there was kind of two. So the first one that pops up is when Arnold's always on the phone while his work's having their Christmas party.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's always the, uh, you're my number one customer. <laughs> He says that to everyone and it's like in the same cadence as at the uh, flower shop where the person tells Tommy Wiseau, you're my favorite customer. Like the exact same cadence.
0: (laughs) I have never once made that connection. Now you've just made this movie so much better. Thank you. Hi, doggy. And there's another one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so when Arnold's at the little black market Santa hut, and they're trying to get into a fight because he realizes the toy is a super fake and a piece of crap. And he does the <laughs> cheap, 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 cheap that Tommy Wiseau does in the room.
0: What's funny is I was taking notes watching this movie earlier this week and I wrote the exact same thing. I'm like, oh my God, he does the Tommy Wiseau cheap, cheap, cheap thing.
1: Yes, that was one of my notes. And yeah, just remember the, you're my number one customer. Just, that's like. <laughs> One of those room triggers.
0: How much is it? It'll be $18. go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. And I believe at one point, Arnold does ask Sinbad, anyway, how is your sex life?
1: (laughs) Oh, definitely.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So uh, one thing you mentioned there, that you are the same age as Jake Lloyd. I did not know that.
1: Yes. We're both born in spring
0: of 89. Spring of 89, wow, you guys are kids. For reference, you were born in 89, I was 15 years old in 89, so yeah, we are definitely coming at this from different places, although, important disclaimer for the listeners of Staff Picks, she is the same age as Jake Lloyd, so when she starts saying how cute and hot he was in this movie, <laughs> that's not a pedo thing, they're the same age, so that's totally cool.
1: I was recently looking at his, you know, mug shots and whatnot.
0: <laughs> is he a bad boy, is he still hot? Well, I mean, he just looks
1: like an older Anakin. He has like a goatee or something.
0: Is he still holding his Turbo Man in his backpack?
1: Oh, no, he gave that away.
0: Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's right, he ends up. Okay, no, okay, we'll get to that. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Jingle all the way here again. This is kind of after Arnold's peak. He's already done Terminator 2, all his action movies, True Lies. This is kind of on the downslope of his career. And this was considered like a lesser Schwarzenegger movie at the time. <laughs> now, have you seen many of the other Arnold movies besides you saw Kindergarten Cop, right? Uh,
1: Predator is like probably one of his best.
0: Okay. That's, so you have some street cred if you know the, the action ones.
1: <laughs> Thank you, parents of mine who maybe watch Terminator, Predator, the alien films as a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not twins, apparently.
1: No, I would like vaguely remember seeing that. So I'm wondering if it was on and I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Arnold's, yeah, he's dead at the downslope of his career now. He's doing silly comedies just because they're different. I saw this in the theater. I'd never, I don't remember thinking it was anything special, although you may like this, Katie. You didn't see this in the theater, did you? I don't know if
1: I did or not. I might have. I might not have. I can't really remember back to when I was seven.
0: Okay, well, I definitely did. I remember my wife and I saw it in the theater, and... There was this lady in front of us, like a middle-aged woman, who was laughing her ass off the entire movie. She thought this was the funniest goddamn movie she'd ever seen. Now, I always associate that with this movie. Like I was remember watching her thinking, it's not quite that funny, but she loves it. <laughs> anyway, just one of those things I remember. <laughs> yeah, my, my
1: memories always be me and my brother watching it and how it might have not been as good as it was, but <laughs> my brother maybe made it funnier for me. Like with his commentary or whatever, as a kid, so maybe that played in.
0: <laughs> well, I do love this movie, so I'm not faulting it. I'm not. I'm not taking digs at this movie. I love Jingle all the way. I was so happy you picked this one because this is one of those sentimental favorites of mine. I've always loved it. I didn't think other people loved.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't realize other people loved it either. So it's great that it, I guess it's starting to get its little cult following. And I recently saw that they're making those little pop Funkos of. Like Arnold and Sinbad dress as Turbo Man and the big brained villain guy.
0: But not Booster, right? Because fuck Booster.
1: God, poor Booster. (laughs) Him and Jake Lloyd need more love.
0: Maybe if they do a sequel, Jake Lloyd can play Booster. That would be, it would be totally, the full comes full circle.
1: Oh gosh, and he'd get even more hate. He doesn't need that.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so this movie came out in 96. It was a big deal in Minnesota, filmed at the Mall of America. It's like, even to this day, it's still known as a, one of the biggest productions ever in Minnesota. It was like a big deal when they filmed there. Have you ever been to the Mall of America? I'm curious. Cause you're from like what, Texas?
1: Uh, yeah, I live in Texas now, but I'm from Arizona and I have never been to Minnesota.
0: Okay. So this movie, it's basically like going to Minnesota when you watch it. Ah, oh, bad traffic. <laughs> it's just like that. The traffic there is horrendous and Arnold's, all, you're, Arnold's always getting pulled over by the same cop. That's just what happens in Minnesota.
1: And there's that one cop who's everywhere, or they all look the same.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's drop a little trivia about this movie on people. This was uh, Arnold's maybe last big comedy. I forget if he did any after this, but this was the last really significant one, I think. Uh, This was Phil Hartman's last movie. If I believe, did he die before this movie came out or after? I forget, but this is the last movie he was in. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, kind of sad. At the time, I think maybe that's why it was a little bit of a bummer, because he was dead. And they're like, now we're watching him in a movie. So maybe that's why this movie wasn't quite as funny as people thought it should have been at the time. And then let's see, uh, Sinbad. Sinbad here, this movie came out at a time when he was not making genie movies. So it was (laughs) the mid-90s. You're you're familiar with what I'm talking about, right? Shazam? Shazam. Where, Where do you stand on the Shazam controversy? I have no idea.
1: I don't think I stand anywhere.
0: Okay. That's a good answer. That's because for those who don't know, there's a thing called the Mandela Effect out there where people remember Sinbad being in a genie movie called Shazam in the mid-90s. And he has no recollection of ever being in that movie. He has said he never was in one, but everyone remembers there being one. So who knows? I personally never heard of Shazam until this Mandela Effect. I don't think it exists. But it's, that's what most people would know Sinbad from other than this movie where he plays Dementor you're the mentor <laughs> so now i was reading the internet movie database trivia before we get into the plot of this movie who the studio originally wanted as the mentor they did not want sinbad did you hear who they wanted
1: oh I, no i remember reading that but i don't know
0: they wanted little joe pesci from home alone yes <laughs> i remember that now <laughs> Yeah, so this movie is supposed to be Arnold arguing with Joe Pesci the whole movie, which I'd argue would probably be even funnier, but they thought he was not tall enough to be imposing against Arnold, so they picked Sinbad, who's like 6'4".
1: Oh, yeah, so going back to the Shazam thing, sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, feel free, it's your show.
1: It's called Kazam, and it stars Shaquille O'Neal, who is not Sinbad, but... And it came out in 96 as well.
0: I remember Kazam very well. I'd never heard of Shazam, but everyone to this day, or so many people, swear there was a Shazam movie also, and I think they're all crazy.
1: No, so there's the recent, like, a year or two ago movie that came out called Shazam. It's, like, one of those DC EU movies. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've never seen it, but I saw the trailer. And, yeah, so now I feel like because. Shazam's more recent. That's the Azam movie getting stuck in our head and not Kazam, which stars the genie. who's played by Shaq, not Sinbad, but names that start with S. All
0: right. You know, I'm going to get lots of hate mail from all the pro Sinbad Shazam people now. So thank you.
1: <laughs> Whoops. Well, as long as they know it's going to your AOL email address. <laughs> yes.
0: Welcome to the world of podcasting, Katie. This is how we get hate mail.
1: No, well, you were probably getting it before me.
0: <laughs> yes, I definitely was. Okay, yeah, so they wanted Joe Pesci to be in here. They didn't want Sinbad because Sinbad was considered too family-friendly. He was too nice and didn't think he could be imposing in the movie. So that that's the hurdle that Sinbad had to overcome. This is one, kind of is one of his big movies, and, again, we end up with Jingle All the Way. Now, do you think Sinbad is good in this, personally?
1: Yeah, I loved him in it. I think he's hilarious.
0: I was just reading that he uh, improvised almost every line in this movie. That's Sinbad improvising. So, oh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. But Arnold had to react to that. And I would guess, surprisingly, I mean, I'm not going to go out on a limb too far here. I don't think Arnold has much of an improv background.
1: Oh, <laughs> he should get on whose line
0: is it anyway more often. <laughs> Yeah, but that's one of those things I always wonder when watching this movie, like uh, Sinbad's doing improv and Arnold's trying to react to him and improv back. So when you watch it, just pay attention to that. It's kind of fun to think of Arnold doing improv for maybe the first time in his life. Well, that's what makes this movie even better, than Even better than Jake Lloyd?
1: Well, no, Jake Lloyd still makes it the best, but all right, he's giving Arnold more cred in it.
0: I'll see if I could catch you in a lie, like a political debate.
1: No, I'll always
0: stand for Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Project Lloyd.
1: Now this
0: is pod Racer. Okay, so I would assume most of my listeners have seen this movie, but if they have not, why don't you give like a quick summary? What is this movie about kind of in like two, three minutes? What's the overall storyline? So, it's
1: Christmas, and you haven't bought your kids any toys, but what they want is that hit Christmas item, whether it be Tickle Me Elmo, or a Furby, or whatever Hatchimals are doing these days. This year, or at least in 1996, it was Turbo Man, and Arnold will stop at nothing to get his son that toy. Also, Sinbad will also stop at nothing to get his son that toy. Hijinks Sue.
0: Very good. You've done this before. I know. You say you've never been on a podcast. I don't believe this because that was very well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hijinks Sue. This is basically a comedic movie version of Power Rangers, Tickle Me Elmo, Cabbage Patch Kids. Any Christmas when every kid wants a toy and the parents are uh, beholden to get one yet unable to get one. And this is the story of the biggest toy of them all, Turbo Man. Ooh, ah, Okay, so the movie starts, the first scene, if I recall, it's just a commercial for the Turbo Man action figure playset, right? It just opens with a commercial? Uh, Probably. I don't exactly.
1: (laughs) That's an early scene, yes.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, have you watched this movie, Katie?
1: (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) Well, I know it could either start with, like, yeah, the commercial or Arnold at his office not going to his son's Christmas or not Christmas karate um, competition thingy. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it starts. I hear it's like one of five different beginning scenes. They all happen at the beginning.
0: <laughs> all right. So I'll step in here and give us a little guidance. That, yes. yes. The movie opens with the commercial. It's uh you, you're introduced the whole mythology of turbo man. There's turbo man, the hero and the villain to mentor. And the villain has a little sidekick, bunch of sidekicks called the demon team. And, uh, when, and Turbo Man's faithful sidekick. Now, we were going to talk about him a lot. Explain to people who Booster is.
1: Oh, he's this big, pink, like, what is he, a saber tooth or something? <laughs> Some sort of animal sidekick. And everyone hates him, sadly. Even though, like, if this is real, I feel like they would have made Booster for the girl fans. Because he's pink and a cute animal. And you can sell stuffed animals of him.
0: The 90s were a different time, Katie.
1: Yeah, they apparently were.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Booster. Now, I remember seeing this in the theater, and, like, I didn't think it was a great movie at the time, but there were certain things that always stuck out to me as being especially funny, because I hadn't, like, seen things like this in comedies before, where Turbo Man is the biggest doll in America, the biggest toy. Everyone loves him. But everybody fucking hates his sidekick. So anytime Booster is mentioned in this movie, people would boo him or hiss him. And then one, there's one part later in the movie where kids will physically attack Booster because they hate him so much, which I always thought was hilarious.
1: Yeah, so sad for poor Booster. <laughs> Nobody wants the Booster toys.
0: This is why they're not making the Funko Booster.
1: Oh uh, Yes.
0: Yeah, so this is whole mythology of like good guys and bad guys, and you see a commercial, and then we fade out to the commercial, and we see the little boy in the movie, Jake Lloyd, who's really the star of the movie. His character is what? Jay- I think Jamie is his name? Yeah, Jamie. So explain Jamie to people. What's Jamie like?
1: So he's an only child. He has his mom and his dad, and he is the biggest Turbo Man fan. And as a hobby, he does karate, apparently. And he's friends with the next-door neighbor boy, whose dad, Ted, is a douchebag.
0: And he's also also a future Jedi, right? Or is that a different movie?
1: Uh, no, it's this one. No, that's the sequel, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, he's eventually – his him and his mom will be sold into slavery, and it's really tragic until this wise older guy with long hair and a weird robe comes in. Well, he tries to – Free both of them, but sadly he only succeeds in freeing uh, little Jake Lloyd, Jamie Anakin.
0: <laughs> you seem to know a lot about the sequel to this movie. I don't know if we should be delving this far ahead in the mythology of, of uh, Jiggle All the Way. <laughs> oh,
1: it's quite the thing. But the you know, being sold into slavery and how his dad is very neglectful, like he's a workaholic and a gym rat, like. <laughs> I'm not sure how, like, he's so goddamn fit when he's supposed to, like, literally be a workaholic, so I don't really know how that plays in, but he's definitely neglecting Jamie and his wife.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about this for a second here, because this is one of the more unintentionally funny things in this movie. Okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger is the dad of little Jake Lloyd, and uh, Arnold's a workaholic. And this is one of my favorite thing about Arnold movies, is they always give him the most white bread, inexplicable name possible as a character. Like, you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, he looks like someone who'd be named Arnold Schwarzenegger, but in this movie, he's Howard Langston. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like that in every movie, Katie. Go watch any Schwarzenegger movie. He's like John Smith, Douglas Quaid. He always has the weirdest, most normal name.
1: You mean his name isn't Arnold in every film?
0: He's such a chameleon, he can pass off as anybody. But yeah, so Arnold is a workaholic. He works in, what, uh, bed sheets or box springs? Mattresses. Mattresses, yeah. But he's apparently ripped, and that's the thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can't hide the fact that he's the biggest bodybuilder in all, of all time. So <laughs> Howard Langston in this movie is just ripped for no reason, and it doesn't really fit the story. But you know what? It's a comedy. Just go with it.
1: Yeah, and Ted even makes a comment like you can't bench press your way out of this one or something.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that's the line I've always had a problem with in this movie. (laughs) It's never established at any point that Howard has ever done any exercise, but yeah, they make a bench pressing joke later.
1: Well, when you look like Arnold, you need at least one bench pressing joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, I've known a lot of box spring salesmen in my lifetime, and they usually do look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that is actually accurate.
1: Well, whenever I go to Mattress Firm, they do all have Austrian accents of sorts as well.
0: It's just that old movie trope. I don't know why they always have to do the same old movie tropes, the Austrian bodybuilding box spring salesman.
1: I know. Can't you change it up and make it, I don't know, a a desk repairman or something?
0: (laughs) But still an Austrian bodybuilder, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Just, you know, why do they all have to sell mattresses and box springs?
0: Come on, Hollywood. Get some new ideas. All right, so Howard Langston is uh, married to uh, – what is her name? I always forget his wife's name. Rita, Rita Wilson, Liz. Okay, now you know Rita Wilson, right? Tom Hanks' wife. Tom Hanks' wife, who unfortunately tried really hard to make it as a big-name actor and was always overshadowed by Tom Hanks. Like, it was not possible for her to be in a movie without people saying, hey, Tom Hanks' wife.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sad. You can refer to her as the star of Borat, too.
0: That's true, the star of Borat, too. Thank you. Very well done.
1: I really love their cameo in
0: that film. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So Arnold is working late at night selling his box springs. And apparently the first scene of the movie is his son, Jamie, has a big karate class. Jamie, despite being one foot tall, is earning his purple belt, which is actually pretty good. You you do martial arts, right? Or some kind of fighting?
1: Oh, yeah. Krav Maga.
0: Krav Maga. So so a purple belt, How it, <laughs> where's that an equivalent to Krav Maga? Uh...
1: It'd be, if you have a purple in Krav, it's uh, pretty good.
0: What about a four-year-old who has it in karate?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure that's, what do you say, like three steps away from black belt? <laughs> I think he gave us the, like, uh, belt rankings in some spiel. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's three away from black. Good for him.
0: But a purple belt in Krav Maga would wipe the floor with a purple belt in karate, is what you're saying. I think, but <laughs> I want to I'm just trying to get, make sure you get some hate mail. Oh, yay.
1: Well, they'll send it to you and you'll have to forward it to me, but I'll have, you know, deactivated Facebook again by that time. So,
0: okay. So you're saying karate is all bullshit, right?
1: Uh, no, I was saying <laughs> that What's that other one. Taekwondo is
0: okay. <laughs> Damn it. I have a lot of Taekwondo listeners. You've screwed me. Uh-huh. Suck it. Okay, yeah, so uh, Jamie has his karate class tonight. He's going to get his purple belt, and Howard, the father, has promised to be there, but he's going to miss it. This will be the story of their lives, that Howard misses every little important, every, every important event in Jamie's life, and he's going to miss this one, too, and it's going to be the uh, impetus for the rest of this movie.
1: Yeah. Why were they having this belt ceremony on, like, December 23rd? I feel like they're cutting it a little too close to Christmas.
0: I don't feel you fully grasp Minnesota culture.
1: I don't. I will admit that. If these are some, you know, strong-held Minnesota traditions, I'm sorry, but all I know about Minnesota is the Mighty Ducks.
0: (laughs) Yes, but it is. I've always wondered that about this movie as well. Why are they having the belt ceremony the day before Christmas Eve? Because, like, everyone would be out of town. But anyway, it's a movie. Who cares?
1: Yeah, it's Minnesota. No one leaves during Christmas.
0: (laughs) They get snowed in. It's just ice. They can't go anywhere. Okay, so uh, tell us about the belt ceremony. So, Let's see. I'll set the stage for you. So you got the belt somewhere. Jamie's getting his purple belt. His mom is there. Jamie's looking for his dad. Arnold, please come watch me get my belt, but Arnold never comes. But there is someone there, and that's the annoying neighbor, Ted. Let's talk about Ted for a second.
1: Oh, Ted. All the uh, other kids' moms love him. Liz only thinks he's okay.
0: This is Phil Hartman for people who haven't seen the movie in a while.
1: Oh, yes. And yeah, so he's a divorcee. He has what looks like one son and he does Christmas over the top by uh, buying reindeer.
0: (laughs) Let's see. He, He buys reindeer or rents reindeer for his kids. He puts up everybody's Christmas lights in the neighborhood and he bakes cookies for all the lonely women who are stuck at home. And he's basically kind of a creep trying to hide the fact that he's a creep.
1: Yeah, like, is every mom here divorced? Like, is every parent divorced in this? Or do these moms just openly flirt with this single dad?
0: <laughs> I mean, it is Ted. Ted is pretty unbelievable. You'd flirt with him, too, right?
1: Uh, not if he gave me alcohol-free eggnog.
0: <laughs> yeah, Katie has a beef with this movie. We'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's more towards the end. <laughs>
0: Okay, so yeah, Ted is there. This is Phil Hartman. He's the big suck-up in the neighborhood. Oh, oh, we do things that are so great. It's so wonderful that I'm there for my children on Christmas. And all. everyone else hates him, but he's basically moving in on every woman in the neighborhood. So he will be the villain in this movie really more than anybody. But, you know... Spoiler alert, Arnold misses the belt ceremony. He's too busy at work. He's a workaholic. He doesn't see his son get his purple belt, and he's late because there's traffic. And later that night, we're going to go home, and Jamie's going to give him the death glare because his dad never comes through on any promises.
1: Yes. In fact, even little Jake Lloyd slams the door on Arnold's face. He is very pissed off at Daddy Arnold.
0: One of Jake Lloyd's best action scenes in the movie, the slamming the door on Arnold's face. (laughs)
1: Yes, as he goes and mopes and sits in his superhero bedroom and reads a comic book of Turbo Man.
0: (laughs) And complains about sand. Sand is sandy and he doesn't like it, right?
1: Yeah, it's coarse. (sighs) Yes, but I like that there's this big Captain America, like, I don't even think of it as a poster. It looked more like some other kind of hang-up, like kind of blanket type thing i'm like oh that's relatable nowadays too lots of kids will have captain america
0: in their room yeah little jake lloyd he's got an incredible hulk in there he's got everything he loves superheroes so arnold comes home and he knows he's in the doghouse he let his son down he didn't come there for the belt ceremony and arnold tries to make jokes and jake's not having it and then what does the the, uh the kid says you always want to be there but you never come you always let me down and then all the sad music starts. And as a big Jake Lloyd fan, but you could see, you could read the emotion right on his face. It was heartbreaking.
1: Yes, he can play, you know, heartbreaking very well. <laughs> you can just tell that his little, I don't know, seven-year-old heart or whatever was completely broken because his dad only went to one of his belt ceremonies and has missed like four by now.
0: Now, do you think this is why he turns to the dark side of the force later?
1: It's definitely leading him there. It's one of the causes, definitely. All this neglect. It's building up that hate.
0: I have told Katie before we did this podcast that I haven't done a Star Wars episode yet, and everyone, I have a lot of people that want to come on and do a Star Wars movie. So she is backdooring her way into doing a Star Wars episode or just making Anakin jokes. So I know this is infuriating everyone who wants to do a Star Wars episode. So it's a very sneaky move on your behalf. Well done, Banks.
1: Ha <laughs> ah, ha, suckers. <laughs> Phantom Menace. Just wait till we get to discussing discussing pod racing <laughs> and the N sixty four games that go with it.
0: Okay, so Jamie is mad at his dad, and Arnold says, "What? What could I do for you? What could I do to make it up to you, Jamie?" And Jamie says, "What do you, he says? Uh, th- is there anything that's special to you? Just one thing. What's really important to you? And I will do it for you." He wants to make it up to his son, and his son says, "You got to get me the Turbo Man action figure."
1: Well, first he says pod racing, but Arnold's like, no, no, pick something else.
0: Yeah, pod racing's stupid, and it goes on too long. Skip that.
1: Yeah, so then Turbo Man's number two.
0: <laughs> number two, yeah. So, so he promises his son, I will get you the Turbo Man action figure with the, the rock'em, sock'em robots and the says five phrases. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Arnold, Ho- Howard promises, I will get you this doll, and he is, he is unaware this is the hardest doll to get in the history of toys. So it's going to lead to the entire rest of the movie because the next scene is Liz, his wife, yelling at him. Wait, you were supposed to buy that already. Are you telling you didn't buy Turbo Man yet?
1: Yep. And then him being the, you know, amazing husband that he is just straight up lies to her face.
0: <laughs> That's what they do.
1: <laughs> oh, good to know.
0: <laughs> you're married, right? Just making sure you're aware of this. The husband will lie to you.
1: <sighs> that bastard. <laughs> I mean, he didn't pick up our dog's Christmas present already. hides <laughs> are sold out everywhere. <laughs>
0: it's the hottest selling dog, dog toy ever.
1: Ugh, whatever. My dogs will take anything. If they don't get the hottest toy, they won't be a loser. Like, apparently, little seven-year-olds will be. If they don't get the hottest toy for Christmas...
0: Yeah, this is where we learned from Jake Lloyd that if he doesn't get the Turbo Man, he will be a big loser because all his friends are getting it. And Arnold apparently promised his wife he would get one two weeks ago and forgot to buy one. So now he is uh, up shit creek without a paddle because tomorrow's Christmas Eve and he doesn't have the hottest selling action figure in toy history. And here we go. The next morning is Christmas Eve and uh, what, what, what the parade is the big deal today, right?
1: Yes, it is.
0: So explain the parade to people.
1: Oh, yeah, so if you've ever been to Minnesota or anywhere else that has parades, <laughs> there's a, this big Christmas parade. And, of course, the biggest float this year is the Turbo Man one. Yeah, so everyone who is anyone will be at the parade, you know, hopefully getting drunk on a uh, spiked eggnog while their kids enjoy it. <laughs> the parade, not the eggnog.
0: But not the non-alcoholic eggnog, just the spiked.
1: Yes, not that. So, yeah. They need to go to the parade and see Turbo Man and not Booster because he sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's been to the Midwest, you you guys know how big parades are there. They love parades. They love Christmas stuff. I was once at a Fourth of July parade in Minnesota. It was a big deal. They love their parade. So this is the big event here in Minneapolis, the big Christmas Winterfest parade. It's tonight on Christmas Eve. Turbo Man's going to be the grand finale at the end. And so Arnold says, yeah, I'll go to the parade with you. And then the kid's like, you promise, please, you have to come tonight. You never go with us. And he goes, I promise I'll be there. But meanwhile, he has to sneak out. He lies to his wife, says he's going to the office. What he's really doing is going to buy a Turbo Man doll that he will never be able to find. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's funny. I have like... 12 pages of notes I'm kind of going through for this episode. Seven of them are just the big search for Turbo Man, and then four are the last parade, or just the parade at the end. So
1: The parade is epic. It's quite an epic scene. All
0: right, so let's go through Arnold's search for the Turbo Man doll on Christmas Eve. Where does he go first? This is the the, the toy store where, everything, where they lo- it's locked, and they're all trying to get in first thing in the morning, right?
1: Yep, opens up at 9 a.m., which is, you know, kind of late, I think. But whatevs minnesota what's she gonna do
0: (laughs) yeah this is a playco toys this is a toy store that just he would go like any parent would go to for their neighborhood toys he goes there and they're locked and there's a big mob forming outside the store and then when the the clock turns nine they all rush in and this is where we meet uh sinbad correct
1: ah yes they're all outside in the kind of crowd and sinbad eventually goes on this like rant just out loud (laughs) Goes on his own little personal soliloquy.
0: (laughs) Okay, explain to people who Sinbad plays. Sinbad plays Myron. Who is Myron in this movie if you've never seen it?
1: Oh, just your friendly mailman (laughs) who has a chip on his shoulder because as a kid, there was a toy that he never got so he's apparently divorced as well because everyone and their mother is apparently divorced in this movie besides Arnold and Liz. <laughs> and, yeah, his kid wants the Turbo Man, and he, like Arnold, has not gotten his son Turbo Man yet. So and he also apparently hates the government or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the movie's going to take a dark turn when he blows up a federal building later.
1: Oh, God. He just blows up a radio station full of cops. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this whole movie is Arnold trying to get a turbo man for his son, Sinbad, the mailman, trying to get a, a turbo man for his son. But I, I always love the inexplicable little details that Myron, the postman, carries his mail with him through the entire movie.
1: Yes, and even, like, throws it and stuff. Like, even <laughs> random letters.
0: It's Like, well, those aren't getting delivered, I guess. Yeah, and again to go back to the start, that Sinbad was known for being very family friendly and this mo- this he's kind of a scumbag in this movie. So Sinbad is playing against type, kind of being a mean villain. So again, he was very worried about this this would ruin his image, which most people knew him as not Shazam.
1: <laughs> oh, Shazam Kazam, not Sinbad. Yeah. I thought he was he was funny in this. Like he's not your average villain.
0: Yeah, and again, he's improving all his lines. So everything he says, he's making up, and Arnold's trying to react to him. There's one in particular that always makes me laugh, and it's just under. There's two actually. I'll save one for the end because it's at the parade. But I love when the cops tackle him and Sinbad goes down. And he's like Rodney King, Rodney King. <laughs> just, I love the way he says that line. It's very funny.
1: I don't think I ever got the reference.
0: You don't know Rodney King? No. You're too young. Oh wow. I am too young, Jake. No, either. (laughs) Jake Lloyd would know, Katie. You take that back. (laughs) No, Rodney King was the black motorist beaten up by the cops that started the L.A. riots in like 1992. Oh, dang. It was caught on video, and that led to a lot of the black people in L.A. rioting because of the police brutality. And some would argue that led to the O.J. Simpson case, why O.J. was acquitted, because nobody wanted to – I mean, people wanted to find the cops guilty. So it was a big deal in L.A., so – that's what that's what Sinbad's making fun of here when the cops tackle him. He's like, Rodney King, Rodney King, trying to alert people to help him.
1: Oh, okay. So the I guess if they remade this movie, it would be George Floyd.
0: It would be. That would be a perfect joke to have in a comedy nowadays, yes.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> that joke would never make it.
0: No, I don't think when we remake this, please do not put a George Floyd joke in there. I don't think it's going to work. Oh gosh. But that's what that joke is really. Just but Sinbad can pull it off because Sinbad's funny.
1: Yes, and he'll he shall pull it off in Shazam too as well. <laughs>
0: Okay, so they get in the toy store, they're looking for their toy, and it's a big mob. And again, anybody who's ever seen these these films on the news of what it looks like when the toy store opens and all the parents rush in on Christmas Eve, and it's brutal, this is exactly what it looks like. Arnold and Sinbad are in a big scrum, they're just tackling everybody, everyone's fighting and punching and trying to get to the Turbo Man section, but surprisingly, Katie, Turbo Man is sold out. What? I know. But there is one toy they have there as a as a uh, consolation prize. Which toy could they buy instead of Turbo Man? Booster! <laughs> Booster, his beloved pink sidekick Booster.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And all the parents, of course, boo at the name of Booster, because everybody hates Booster. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not just the kids, the parents, too,
0: now. <laughs> now, I'm, maybe, I'm not sure you'll know where I'm going with this. Are you a Saturday Night Live fan?
1: Uh... I mean, I've seen some clips here and there. Okay.
0: There's a future Saturday Night Live cast member in the scene. He's the guy, the toy store guy says, oh, there's no Turbo, man. You guys are nuts. Wait until the last day. You, you may not know this, but for my listeners, you can see a very young Chris Parnell in this years before he was on SNL as one of the toy store clerks.
1: Isn't he the voice in
0: Archer? He might be. I don't know off the top of my head. That sounds right. Yeah,
1: he's uh, the guy, Archer. Always says shit talks. Cyrus or something.
0: Okay, well, that's Chris Parnell making his debut here in Jingle All the Way as the snotty toy store clerk. Yeah. (laughs) We all got to start somewhere. We can't be Jake Lloyd and just start right off the bat with young Anakin and Jingle All the Way.
1: No, he was a a special star shining too bright for our world.
0: (laughs) He was like Icarus. He flew a little too close to the sun too fast. Yes. He pod raced right to the sun. Well, that's what happens if you want to win. Okay, so Arnold and Sinbad are out of luck. Arnold even chases some lady down the street who bought the last Turbo Man she had on layaway. It's He's unsuccessful. So right from the start, Arnold realizes, oh, this is going to be kind of a tough day. I may not be able to find this Turbo Man as easily as I had hoped. Parents. <laughs> So now we just get a, a montage, right? Just a montage of Arnold and Sinbad going to every store ever, and they can't find anything. Well, at home, we get uh, Jamie playing with Ted's son, Johnny, and they're like buddies, and they're getting ready to go to the parade. So we're setting up the drama in the last part of this movie, where Arnold's it's going to come down to the wire with no Turbo Man.
1: Well, at least Jamie's having fun with his friend.
0: Jamie has one last day of happiness in his life.
1: Pretty much before he gets sold off to Watto.
0: Yes, that's that's the punishment? You're so uncool if you don't get Turbo Man, they sell you off to Watto?
1: Yes, that is exactly what happens. Why do you think uh, there are so many uh, slaves there? Well, they get sold off, I guess, to one of the huts, and he, you know, doles them out.
0: So there is an alternate ending to this movie where Arnold does not get a Turbo Man at the end, and then Jamie jumps off a bridge, and they decided that was a little dark.
1: It was. (laughs) Slavery is a much... Easier topic than suicide.
0: So, Katie, if I if I'm keeping track on my scorecard here, is now endorsing slavery and George Floyd jokes. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. This is how it works on podcasts, my friend. Welcome to the social media.
1: Oh gosh, this is why I'm getting off Facebook again.
0: <laughs> okay, so here we go. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where Arnold's out looking for his uh, ter- beloved Turbo Man, and he has no luck, and he calls home. And back at home, Ted, his neighbor who he hates, Phil Hartman, answers the phone because Ted is swooping in on Liz and trying to do all her holiday baking. And this is the famous cookie scene. (laughs) (laughs) So explain this one to people, one of my favorite scenes.
1: Oh, lovely. So uh, Liz just took some cookies out of the oven, and Ted tells her to go relax, like take a nap or shower, I don't know. And he'll watch the kids and finish up the cookies. So he's off dealing with that, and of course he wants to eat the cookies, and uh, Arnold calls. He answers the phone, comments about the cookies.
0: So is this the part where you want me to bust out the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression? Yes. All right. I don't want to step on your toes. I know you're monologuing, but... (sighs) Yeah, so Arnold talks to Ted, who's eating his cookies, and Arnold says, Who told you you could eat my cookies? Put that cookie down, now! (laughs) Thank you. It's always funny in the Arnold movies when he loses his temper and he screams because he it never quite comes off realistically. I don't know. But that's the line. That's the line that I always quote.
1: Yes. And I mean, I would be mad, too, if someone was eating my cookies.
0: Stop eating my cookies. <clears throat> All right. So Arnold's mad. And this is where he and Sinbad decide they or Sinbad wants to work together as a team. Arnold's like, no, I don't want to work with you. I don't. I'm a one man army. I don't need you. And this is where they get a tip, right, that the Mall of America just got a shipment of Turbomans. Okay, now, you are probably not familiar with the Mall of America, are you? Nope. This was, it may still be the biggest mall in the United States. It's, like, massive. It's like its own zip code. It's huge.
1: Dang, are you calling it bigger than the Arrowhead Mall in Arizona?
0: It might be if I knew what the Arrowhead Mall in Arizona was. It's not that big of a mall. (laughs) a little in joke for our Arizona listeners. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So this is, this was like the biggest mall in the country. It just opened a couple years before this movie and they featured it in the movie. So the next 20 minutes of the movie will all be inside the mall of America. It's a really cool place. I've only been there once, but like you could walk around the thing for hours and probably not even hit the end of it. Yikes. And
1: in one of those doors. There may be a Turbo Man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay. So set the scene for people. This is Arnold and Sinbad's second attempt at a Turbo Man, where it's a store in the Mall of America is giving away a couple of Turbo Mans. What is the democratic process they're using to determine who wins the Turbo Man?
1: Everyone will grab a ball from a bucket. They will form a single file line so they can each grab one ball, as I'm sure you can all guess. That is exactly how it happens. Not. So eventually, uh, once chaos starts ensuing, the employees that have these buckets full of balls just throw them up in the air, and everyone's jumping, trying to catch a ball. And Arnold, being tall and super athletic somehow, is really good at jumping. But, you know, these parents want their goddamn Turbo Man doll, and they will... (laughs) Fight you for your ball. And eventually Arnold's ball drops and bounces away and ends up on the other side of the mall, and he has to kind of accost some kids for it. It does not end well.
0: Yeah, this is a fun, frantic scene in the movie where Arnold's chasing the little girl who has got his ball. And it's, it''s like it's like a, they wanted to show off the mall of America so it's like goes through this Lego store it goes through the elevator down a corridor over a, over a railing so you can just kind of see how big the mall is ends up he ends up what chasing the little girl through the playground the plastic playground equipment
1: yes he's yeah chasing after her yelling at her <laughs> give me my ball
0: <laughs>
1: you know not looking creepy at all yeah.
0: One of, one of the biggest laughs in the movie is Arnold chases a little girl trying to, who has a little rubber ball that's going to win him a Turbo doll, and she puts it in her mouth. So he walks up there and tries to grab it out of her mouth, and all the moms in the ball pit start hitting him, calling him a pervert. And Arnold's like, I'm not a pervert. I was just looking for a Turbo Man doll.
1: <laughs> and they're hitting him with their purses. <laughs> yeah.
0: So here's a little tip. If you ever write dialogue for Arnold Schwarzenegger, try to put the word pervert or a word like pervert in the dialogue because he has a hard time with those multiple vowels in a row. (laughs) Pivot! (laughs) So anyway, he doesn't, doesn't get the ball.
1: Nope, he does not, and he does not get the Turbo Man doll. And neither does Sinbad, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, neither one. Once again, they're both shut out of the Turbo Man doll, although this is where... Arnold gets the tip, right? As He says, I'm just looking for a Turbo Man. And he is overheard by Jim Belushi as a black market Santa who says he has a Turbo Man in a warehouse he can get for him.
1: Yep, and with his
0: little elf helper. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you know Seinfeld. That's Mickey from Seinfeld, the little elf helper. I do not. So here we go, a large section of the movie where Arnold's going to go to a little black market warehouse where people are making counterfeit Turbo Mans.
1: But he doesn't know they're counterfeit yet, so they charge him a pretty penny for it.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, okay, explain this whole scene to people. This is one I always kind of forget when I'm talking about this movie. Like, when I watched it the other day, I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot about this whole section.
1: Yes, so Arnold's with this sketchy-looking Santa and this sketchy-looking elf, and they take him to this warehouse where they have their little secret knock and password it's something like Jingle Bells. Batman smells. Mm-hmm. You know, very classy place. And they go in, and uh, Arnold is going to buy a Turbo Man doll from them for like three hundred bucks or something. A lot of money. So yes, they go. They get him the doll. He decides to open it, and they're all like, No, 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 don't, not here. And what do you know? It's falling apart. It's it's five phrases are not in English and. <laughs> Arnold is now very upset that he is getting conned.
0: Yeah, this is where we get the the Spanish Turbo Man.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't speak Spanish. How would you say, what would be Turbo Man be in Spanish? El hombre de Turbo?
1: Yes. Yo soy hombre del Turbo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Arnold's horrified. They're trying to sell him this Spanish counterfeit Turbo Man that falls apart. And we get the big or I guess one of the two big action scenes in the movie where Arnold fights an entire army of Santas.
1: Well, yeah, first they bring in their big Santa, who I guess is their, like, you know, bodyguard Santa, who will, you know, ideally hold his own against Arnold, but he still magically can take on this whole department (laughs) of bad Santas and bad elves.
0: Yeah, this is where the question comes up. Why is Howard Langston so good at fights and why is he such a big bodybuilder? Because there's no explanation in the story why he would be.
1: Because he's an Austrian um, mattress salesman. Yes.
0: Who has to take on Krav Maga Santa.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and thankfully, because his son is a purple belt.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. If only he'd been at the class, he could have learned like a kata or something.
1: Yes. I'm not sure what people learn in karate.
0: My son took karate. I'm looking at his belts right here. He made it all the way up to Master Orange. So not quite to the Jake Lloyd level of brilliance.
1: I took karate as a kid. made it to Green Belt. I was really good at Sensei Says.
0: Did your parents come to all your belt ceremonies?
1: I'm assuming, but I don't actually remember. So Jake Lloyd, let me know. You won't actually remember if you're, whether your parents showed up or not.
0: Take it from me. Yeah, I'm just making sure you weren't scarred like little Anakin here.
1: No, not quite. But I also got a Furby for Christmas when I wanted one, so.
0: So you were cool. That's the thing. Unlike little Jamie here, who's an idiot.
1: Yeah, he's he's about to be a loser. Come Christmas morning, if he doesn't have that Turbo Man doll, off to Tatooine he goes.
0: <laughs> Watto. Watto's waiting for you, kid. They, they just keep a little picture of Watto up on the wall as a threat. What happens if he, like, doesn't eat his vegetables or doesn't get a Turbo Man?
1: That's what I'm gonna do with Elp on the shelf. Just <laughs> put a Watto head on it.
0: Watto on the shelf? This is where if you do not, if you're not a good child, you are going to be a slave for this little thing.
1: Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, Arnold beats up all the Santas and gets out of there. And the cops come and raid this black market warehouse. He gets out of there by pretending he's a cop. And, again, Arnold is is still, un, he does not have a Turbo Man in his doll in his hand. And he's running out of daylight. And this is where he calls home. He, like, goes to this place called Mickey's Dining Car. And he calls home. And he talks to his son. And his son, once again, reminds him. He's, Dad, you have to be there, please. You promise. And he's like, I'll be there, I promise. <sighs> Oh, gosh. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Is this where he also tells uh, his dad that his mom is petting Ted. Yeah. Yeah. So Ted is the name of the reindeer that human neighbor Ted bought or rented. His son decided to name the reindeer Ted because his dad's so awesome.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Arnold learns that his wife is petting Ted next door. Yeah. So, put that Ted down. Stop petting my neighbor! But yeah, this is Arnold's last stand. He really needs a turbo man. He's running out of daylight. Although, we do get a touching little scene here. I kind of forgot this is in the movie, where, and I remember reading when Sinbad took this role, the the studio's like, you know, this character, The audience is going to hate you and you're family friendly. Do you want to take this role? And Sinbad's like, well, there's that one scene in the dining car where I talk about my son and how I never got a toy when I was a kid. He's like, I think people will feel bad for Myron. So there's actually an important scene right here where Myron tells his story and you kind of feel bad for him.
1: Oh, yes. Myron, just like many kids out there, wanted a toy that was, I don't actually remember what toy he wanted
0: but it was a gun of sorts. Yeah, it was like a five-way shooting gun or something.
1: <laughs> very A Christmas Story-esque.
0: Yes. So, yeah, so poor Sinbad never got a toy as a kid, and that's why he's trying to reverse this and do be the hero for his son. And so it's very sad. So you kind of feel for the dads. And, again, this movie's trying its best to be emotional and poignant, even though it's a dumb comedy. But this is the scene that kind of gives it a little heart where you see why the dads are doing this for their kids.
1: Oh, yeah, and then Arnold mentions, like, building that fort that he and Jamie played with back in the day.
0: It was a good fort.
1: Yeah, so he's starting to realize that some of his best memories maybe was the time he spent with his son, not the toys he got his son.
0: Not the selling of the box springs either?
1: No, surprisingly not. His son already has one. He doesn't need another.
0: (laughs) He only gets one box spring. You don't get a new one every year, kid. Sorry. I don't care how uncool it will make you. So, uh, the, and the other thing that happens here is, uh, Jamie reminds his dad. He's like, you know, you promised to come to the parade and you know, dad, you know what turbo man always says, always keep your promises. If you want to keep your friends.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then Arnold goes on saying, no, that's incorrect. And then, you know, Jamie's all like, I hate you. (laughs) <laughs> Arnold was like, you were like my brother. I loved you. I have the high ground.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I was going to say Arnold does have the high ground here. So Jay- Jamie has no say.
1: Yeah, so they get in this really big fight on the phone.
0: <laughs> I was going to say Jamie has no leg to stand on, but that's not really appropriate for Anakin. Well,
1: he currently has some legs to stand on. We'll see what happens if he doesn't get Turbo Man.
0: Yeah, if he doesn't get Turbo Man, those legs are going, Watto. That's the first thing they take off. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Annie, but you know, business is business, huh? All right, so right now at this point in the movie, we have Arnold and Sinbad sitting in the little cafe lamenting the fact that they're not good fathers, and Sinbad tells this whole sob story about how he wanted a specific present as a kid. He never got it, and he never forgave his dad. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. With that, with that, Katie, let's go on to the radio station. This is the uh, the last big set piece in the movie before the, uh, the parade.
1: What do you mean? There's a whole other set piece, I thought.
0: Okay, fine. They're sneaking into Ted's house. Oh, never mind. Okay, so explain. Uh, they hear something on the radio when they're in the diner. What is it?
1: Oh, yeah. So there's this radio contest going on where – Whoever can name all of Santa's reindeers will be able to get a Turbo Man
0: doll. <laughs> I love that he's having this contest on Christmas Eve. It seems like a poorly thought out idea.
1: <laughs> Gosh, it's a great way to get a bunch of people to call in if no one usually does. <laughs> I don't know if that's like important for like their
0: ad revenue
1: or what have you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is a DJ, Martin Mole. This is a Gene Parmesan himself from Arrested Development. Uh, gives away the contest. And so Arnold and Sinbad hear this thing that they're giving away a a Turbo Man, if you can name the eight reindeer. And so they both try to call in, right?
1: Uh, Yes, but, you know, this is kind of back before everyone had their own personal phone. So they have to use the diner's phone now.
0: And if I recall, Arnold gets there first, calls in, but Sinbad pulls out the phone cord. So nobody can call.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So there's... You know, a lot of vandalism going on in this diner right now. But, you know, there's a nice diner owner who lets them in on a little secret that the radio station is actually right around the corner.
0: That's right. And so here we go. A big slapstick chase of Arnold and Sinbad running to the radio station to go answer the contest question. And uh, Arnold wins because, if I recall, Sinbad's still wearing the mail bag, right, with all his mail?
1: Yes, and he keeps throwing like letters out. These poor letters will never get sent now. They're just being littered on the street.
0: <laughs> Although there's 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 one thing that always makes me laugh about the scene is that Arnold's trying to name Santa's eight reindeer as he's running. Except if you listen to what he says, he's not actually naming all of them. Like he's throwing him some weird words in there. Did you get? I think I think I heard the word bronzer at one point. <laughs> Oh, dang,
1: I need to go repay attention to that. Yeah. I just know that by the time they get to the radio station you're hearing the and, like, what actual callers are guessing, they're not even close. So bronzer's at least kind of close. It sounds like it could be a backup reindeer.
0: <laughs> yes, and to be fair, Arnold, with his history as a professional bodybuilder, would have bronzer he would have smeared all over himself. So maybe that was a bodybuilding joke. <laughs>
1: Another little play into, why is this guy so jacked?
0: Yes. <laughs> Dasha, Danza, Bronza, Brixen. Like, he's just, it's weird. Anyway, so they get to the radio station, and Arnold gets there first, and he starts pounding on the glass at the radio booth. Dasha, Danza, Bronza, brinza And he's like, <laughs> did I get it? Did I get the Tovo Man? And, like, the DJ is freaked out, because all of a sudden there's this crazy man trying to break into his booth.
1: And a crazy guy who's a bodybuilder, so he could clearly kick his ass if he wanted to.
0: Yes. With, with an odd Austrian accent for rural Minnesota.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if this is rural Minnesota.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is the Mall of America. I forget. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, so kind of explain the scene. So Arnold gets there first, and then Sinbad shows up, and and all chaos or all hell breaks loose because Sinbad pulls out a mail bomb.
1: Yes. <laughs> He pulls out this package and is demanding the Turbo Man doll or else he's going to blow this place up. And uh, so he throws it, but so everyone hits the deck, as in Arnold and the poor radio host, and nothing happens. So Arnold opens this gift, and it's a cute little music box. Must have just been a present from some grandmother to her granddaughter or something, but... She's not getting it now either. And Sinbad jokes around that, you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. There's bound to be a bomb somewhere in his bag. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite little Sinbad one-liners. Now, I don't know, is it a common, because you're much younger than me. We already went over this with the Rodney King thing. <laughs> like, is it a, a common knowledge, the phrase going postal? Do you guys, people your age, know that phrase?
1: Uh, Yes, yeah, so I can say at least millennials will know that Okay. We'll have to, you know, go find some Gen Z people to see if they know it. But, yes, going postal.
0: Okay. Yeah, for people who are younger than me and even Katie, I would assume, is that uh, that that was a very much a thing in the late 90s. That there was all these mailmen going crazy and they just take a gun out and blow everybody else, blow everybody away at their place of work. And it was called blowing going postal because it was a common thing that mailmen were under a lot of stress. So that's the running joke here is that Sinbad is going to go postal, and he pulls out a bomb. You, you know me. I'm a mailman. I'm going to go crazy. And then he drops this one little one-liner. He goes, sorry, I've been under a lot of pressure since that zip plus four thing.
1: Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Did that suddenly change? Like I've always known zip codes that have that plus four that no one gives a shit about.
0: Yeah, but that started right then, right around the mid to late nineties. Everybody had a five digit zip code, and then they said you're supposed to put the plus and the four digits. So that's what Sin. That would have been a very topical joke at the time. That Sinbad's been under a lot of stress since the plus four thing.
1: Oh, dang, I never knew that. That was a well somewhat recent thing.
0: That's what we do. We educate here on staff picks, Katie.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. I felt, you know, growing up, I only ever knew my five digits, but I knew there was four other ones out there that were not important.
0: Yeah. To some people, I guess those are important. I have no idea what they are.
1: Maybe they tried to make them really important for like a year in the 90s, and that's why he was under a lot of stress, but (laughs) then they gave up on it, kind of like teaching kids to write in cursive or something.
0: Yeah. It's like the metric system. We gave it a good valiant attempt, but we're not going to do it.
1: Yes. Same with those four digits that thankfully get autofilled a lot when you're ordering stuff online these days, but <laughs> can't say I know my four extra digits.
0: Yeah. If only I had a, a, a lot of mailman listeners that could uh, write in and explain the history here because we clearly don't know this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they uh, Martin Mole's like, "Wait, you think I have a Turbo Man here? No way! I it's a it's a coupon." And they both start fighting, and again, slapstick. The cops show up. Myron tries to detonate a mail bomb. It doesn't work, and this there will be a payoff to this later. This mail bomb joke, but anyway, there's nothing here now. This, so Arnold and Sinbad escape, and what what happens after this? This is uh, this is where Howard basically has to go home, right? Well, not yet. So the. So yeah, the cops
1: actually do get there, and Arnold manages to escape, although someone's going after him. But he gets out, and Myron then pulls out another uh, present, another package, and Arnold and the radio host are known as kind of a joke, or so they think. And yeah, so he throws the package and runs off. And then the cop who's been giving Arnold such a hard time throughout the movie. Of course, he's here now with some backup, of course. And he looks over the package and determines, since he's a bomb expert, that this is not a bomb. So they open it and, whoa, what do you know? It was a a little bomb. No one was seriously injured, but.
0: Yeah, so Sinbad's statement that there's always going to be a mail bomb in his bag somewhere. He just doesn't know which one it was. He is correct. And the cops actually get unibombed. And uh, the the movie takes a fairly dark turn for a second. You're like, wow, they just blew up these cops. Anyway, but it's a comedy. Everyone's fine. No one dies. Just the cop ends up with a singed face from the mail bomb that Sinbad didn't realize was an actual bomb.
1: Yep. And now it's time for Arnold to go home and face the music. That he's a failure.
0: He is a failure. That uh, Howard Langston has failed to get a turbo man. He goes home. He finds out his car has been stripped first. Oh, yeah. Having a very
1: bad day. Yeah.
0: Those Minneapolis thugs have stripped his car, and now he has to go home and face his little boy and tell him he has no Turbo Man. And <laughs> I love this. might be, other than the parade at the end, this might be my favorite scene where Arnold goes home and he's going to face the music, but he snaps because he sees something. He sees an interloper in his house putting up his Christmas star. Now, Katie, who would that interloper be? Hmm. Let's see. Who does Arnold hate most in this
1: film? More than Sinbad, more than that cop who keeps stalking him. Oh, yeah. It's our good friendlyhood neighborhood, Ted.
0: <laughs> yes. So Arnold comes home and he's going to face the music, but he sees his neighbor, kiss-ass Ted, in his living room, putting up his, putting up Howard's very own Christmas tree and Christmas star. Although this always does raise a question in movies, Katie. Why do people always put up their trees on Christmas Eve in movies?
1: Um, dramatic effect, and that way the movie can only last a few days and not, you know, when people put their Christmas tree up after Halloween these days. Because <laughs> then you also have to have a Thanksgiving drama and Christmas drama in this, you know, hour and a half, two hour film, and they don't want that. So, as well put up the tree on Christmas Eve.
0: It makes me wonder how Howard failed his family on Thanksgiving, too.
1: yeah. Uh, Was there, like, some sort of a meal that Jamie really wanted? He really wanted some, I don't know, scalloped potatoes as a side. And the grocery store was sold out on, well, this would probably be Thanksgiving morning.
0: (laughs) So Howard had a month to pick up scalloped potatoes and he failed to do it?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And he comes over and sees Ted eating his turkey. Put that turkey down!
1: Or he's probably getting ready to carve the turkey because I feel like that would be the job that Howard wants, but... (laughs) No one's there to cut the turkey, and, you know, kids can't use that dangerous knife, and, I mean, I'd assume Howard's wife is probably just drunk at this point in disappointment. Shouldn't be handling sharp objects, either.
0: Man, Howard Langston sucks. He really does. Who said you could carve my turkey? <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> yep. That'll be the, the sequel to all of this.
0: Well, you know, I hate to point out the darkness here—that uh, Phil Hartman's dead, so I'm not sure that's going to happen.
1: Um, well, maybe it's his kid that has taken up the mantle of being the new
0: Ted. Okay, so Arnold's kid and Phil Hartman's kid—that's our—we're pitching the sequel here.
1: Yes, although I'm not sure that uh, Jake Lloyd would be in it. So it would be Arnold against uh, Ted's kid.
0: Does Jake Lloyd have kids by now? I feel if anybody would know this, you would know this.
1: I don't think he does because he's uh, a little bit, you know, needs to stay out of the stop spotlight. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and it also would be very hard because Natalie Portman died in the movie, so he has no one to spawn with.
1: Well, then, you know, Mark Hamill, he's still around. That was one of the
0: kids. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay, we've we've twisted the whole mythology here.
1: (laughs) Well, we can go back into talking about Star Wars because I know this is also a...
0: Star Wars podcast, too. Yes, this will double as the Star Wars podcast. Okay, so, yeah, so uh, Howard gets home, and he's furious. He sees Ted in there moving in on his family, putting up his Christmas tree. So he gets a bright idea. He remembers from earlier in the movie that Ted said he had a Turbo Man under his own tree for his own son, uh, Johnny, I believe. And Howard's like, I'll just break into his house and steal his kids' presents. That's what the hero of the movie does. Yeah, it's in the spirit of
1: Christmas, you know. At least one kid will be happy. Make sure it's your own.
0: (laughs) As long as it's the right kid. That's the spirit of Christmas.
1: Correct. As long as it's Jake Lloyd, all is forgiven.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so. Okay, so explain the scene. Howard breaks into Ted's house. Talk about what he does while he's over next door.
1: Yes, and what do you know? There's a Ted in the house, but not the Ted you're thinking.
0: (laughs) The other Ted, the reindeer Ted.
1: Yeah, so Reindeer Ted is now, oh no, chilling in the house while trying to, I guess, protect the Christmas presents. It's a really well trained reindeer, I must say. Yeah, at some point, some Christmas decoration of Ted's gets like thrown into the fire or something, starts lighting up. And at some point, there's now Christmas carolers outside. So that got uh, Ted and howard's wife's attention so they're looking at that and then all of a sudden some flaming object gets kicked out of ted's house and breaks a window and lands right in front of the carolers this point surprise it didn't hit them
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah when so when howard's in there he ruins not only ted's house he ruins his decorations of the three wise men and he accidentally kicks out the head of balthazar
1: Oh, I'm glad you know which one it is. I just called them Christmas decorations.
0: <laughs> just Christmas guys. Yeah, that's... Well, I wouldn't know, but Ted but Ted says his name. He's like, Balthazar, you burned Balthazar. Oh. So anyway, yeah, so the, the short part of this is that Howard tries to steal the Christmas present from next door. He realizes he can't steal from a child. He's not even that bad of a father. But yeah. uh, then in the process, he accidentally burns down Ted's house and ruins his Christmas display. So... All the neighbors are furious. The mom, uh, Howard's wife is furious, Rita Wilson. And she's like, you know, Ted, if you could just take me to the parade now, I I need to get out of here. Thank you. My husband is pissing me off. And Ted's like, of course, I would love to. And this is where we get the line that you said earlier where uh, Phil Hartman says to Arnold, you know, you can't bench press your way out of this one.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm sure he could if he wanted to. I'm sure there's a way.
0: Yeah, but as we pointed out, that's an odd line to have in this movie, because it's never been established that Howard's like a huge fitness guy. Like, they've put Arnold in coats and stuff this whole movie, like they try to hide that he's all bulked up. So that line always jumps out as me, is that shouldn't be there.
1: Well, you always need at least one bodybuilding reference if you're having an Arnold movie.
0: And then at the end of, I think at the end of the scene, this is where Arnold punches the reindeer, right?
1: Well, he does at some point, but then since they've both now been abandoned, everyone's going to the parade, and... Him and the reindeer Ted are now drinking beer together. He's actually pouring some in a bowl for Ted.
0: <laughs> yes, and this is the, the the alcohol that you were searching for later in the non in the, the eggnog scene. So so this is the alcoholic eggnog as opposed to the one that Ted offers Rita Wilson later that's non alcoholic. Oh gosh. Some things you just don't do. Exactly. That's a lot of faux pas in this movie, a lot of poor parental behavior. But Katie says the worst one is offering someone non-alcoholic eggnog.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be offering an adult some eggnog, make it alcoholic. Especially if they've been having this shitty ass day that she has been, she could use some spiked eggnog.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. if, If he's really trying to help her out and calm her down, that would be the optimal way.
1: Yeah, and then they're stuck at this really busy parade. She knows her son's not getting a Turbo Man doll.
0: Like, girl needs a drink. (laughs) Yeah, this is a rough day for Mrs. Langston. Mm Mm-hmm. Her husband sucks. (laughs) Never thought of that. Okay, so here we go to the final part of the movie. So Howard has failed every single thing he's tried to do today, and he's now sitting at home while Ted is driving his wife and son off to the, the Christmas Eve parade, and Howard's just, depressed sitting there drinking eggnog with a reindeer and he's like you know what i have one more chance to be a hero i'm gonna go to the parade i'm gonna show up i promised my son i would come to the parade i will be there and this leads us into the big huge grand finale of the movie the part that everybody remembers the christmas eve parade
1: so howard gets to the parade and of course who's the first person that he runs into his favorite cop holding a bunch of hot coffees Who just got, you know, blown with a bomb and is still okay and on duty, but (laughs) Howard runs into him, kind of hits him with all this hot coffee, and who's having a worse day than Howard's wife? This cop. So, (laughs) Howard now needs to run away from the cop, but... At some point, he also saw, what, Ted and his wife in the car after the kids ran out to go get a good spot.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the heel turn here by Ted. Now, Phil Hartman here, Ted, has been creepy this whole movie, moving in on Howard's wife, moving in on his family. But here at the parade, he finally crosses the line where he outright starts hitting on her, where he, like, he's driving Rita Wilson to the parade. He has his arm around her. He's hitting on her, and she kind of shrugs it off. And this is where, uh, what does he say here? He he just being, you know, Howard's a failure, but you know I'm an eligible bachelor.
1: Yeah, he's like the most eligible bachelor. He can have like anyone.
0: <laughs> and I think I get the sense he has had everyone in the neighborhood.
1: Oh, probably. I
0: I, I heard a phrase the other day, and I'm going to use it. This Ted this Ted guy gets more tail than the slow kid at the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: this is definitely the most PC <laughs> episode you're having.
0: I have to slap a parental uh, advisory on this one. Anyway, so Ted is moving in on Rita Wilson. She says, no, I'm married. There's no way. And so she kind of, uh, she throws her thermos of coffee out of her, her, no, her thermos of non-alcoholic eggnog. She douses him with it. Yup. Okay. So she flees the car. Howard sees this. He sees his wife hit Ted and he's like going to go talk to her. But this is where Howard's getting chased by the cop who's been chasing this entire movie. And it's going to be a big, you know, uh, big uh, comedy of errors here as Howard's going to run into a warehouse to get away from the cop and he will inadvertently become Turbo Man.
1: Yes, the Turbo Man who was supposed to be the original one that was supposed to be in this parade. uh, Some accident happened with his little jetpack or whatever, so he's currently hospitalized. They hear he's going to have a full recovery. They hear it. But they've been waiting for their backup guy to come who's now very late and Howard's the first you know, fit looking guy who looks like he could fit this suit that stumbles into the warehouse and, you know, they've been waiting for a long time. So they just start throwing the costume on him while he has no idea what's going on. (laughs) He sees a booster who's, you know, a chain smoker now.
0: Yeah, but yeah, this is one of my f- favorite moments in the movie where Arnold's in this warehouse. All these people are dressing him as Turbo Man because their Turbo Man got injured and they need someone to portray Turbo Man in the parade. They throw a jetpack on him. They throw all this armor on him, and then there's Booster off to the side. Who, if people know their '80s movies, that's uh Curtis Armstrong playing Booster. That's Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Just a very famous comic actor who's like, "What the hell are you doing here so late, you idiot? Get uh, your costume on!" So here we go, Arnold and. And uh, Booger would be uh, Turbo Man and Booster going to go out to the parade, and Arnold has no idea what's what's going on. He doesn't realize he's Turbo Man until the minute they get on the float and the announcers start talking about him. Yes. So he's now
1: no clue what he's doing. He's front and center. Booster's off waving to all the kids in the crowd. Howard's slowly trying to figure it out, kind of looking at his, what, hands, his gloves, realizes that his chain-smoking friend is Booster, someone he remembers from the TV series somehow. And, yeah, he starts also waving,
0: having fun. Yeah, and I have to say, this is just an awesome part of the movie. The announcers here are really funny. This whole parade scene is awesome. This is, I mean, the single main reason I wanted to do Jingle all the way on Staff Picks This parade scene where – Arnold on this float, the parade float. He's the end, the l- very last float in the parade. He's the big finale. And he's waving to the crowd. He's like, this is cool. I could get used to this. And the announcer's like, oh, here comes Turbo Man and his faithful tiger Booster. Boo! Yeah, boo. <laughs> poor
1: Booster.
0: Poor Booster. And Booster, this won't be the worst part of the parade for Booster. Booster will be physically attacked by children later because they hate his guts so much. Yep. Yeah, poor Booster. Okay, so here we go. The parade is going. Arnold, just through a bunch of weird circumstances, is now dressed up as Turbo Man. And he hears the announcers say, You know, in a few moments, Turbo Man will select a special child from the audience. And Arnold's like, What? And the announcers are like... The winner, the selected child gets a special edition Turbo Man doll, a once in a lifetime doll. It's like, what a lucky little boy or girl. So, you can see where this movie's going. Arnold has a chance to be the hero and give his son the one the one in a million bo- the Turbo Man toy.
1: Yes. Oh, imagine if it was a one in a million booster doll. <laughs> yes.
0: A gold-plated booster. <laughs> yes. That thing would be on eBay so quick. Yeah.
1: But I liked how even once that the doll popped up and Howard grabs it, he's just like kind of fist pumping it into the air. Like he kind of forgot that the announcer says he has to pick someone. So he's just like celebrating with the doll until Booster tells him to like hurry up and pick, pick a winner.
0: Yeah, and again, this should all go smoothly. Like, Arnold's been given this prize of a lifetime. He sees his son in the audience. I'm going to be the hero that I always knew I could be. I will give this to my son. But then the, the announcers throw a little wrench in the works here. They're like, but watch out, is going to attack. And Arnold's like, wait, what? And so all of a sudden, now who's going to show up as Dementor here, his enemy?
1: Okay, so kind of. In the sidelines before Dementor shows up, we see a good old Sinbad just attack the poor uh actor guy, steal his costume, tie him up. Like, I'm not sure how he's able to do this all. Like, I think that guy would have been able to kind of kick him off or something, but <laughs> now we have Sinbad dressed as Dementor.
0: Yeah, and again, there's no premise of reality at this point in the movie, but it's just fun where this Sinbad in his Dementor costume slides down on a grappling hook and Arnold in the Turboman costume trying to give the to- the doll to his son. Although there's a little moment here that always kind of gives me chills. Like, for such a silly movie, this is a really nice moment where Arnold points at his son. He's going to give you the Turboman doll. And Jamie's like, me? And and Arnold starts saying his name and the the, the, the guy who in charge of the AV turns up the volume and Arnold says, yes, Jamie! And you focus in on a little Jake Lloyd's like, he knows my name.
1: Yes, that line. Funny how, like, Jamie and Ted's son, because they're standing next to each other, we're trying to argue over who's actually being pointed at. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Jamie. Although, my wife always points out, how the hell do they not notice Arnold's voice? Like, you know, you think his wife and his son would, or, would pick out, hey, that guy's got a thick Austrian accent. That sounds like dad.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully Mommy's been drinking some real eggnog and not paying attention to whatever the hell is going on because she's been having an awful day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Arnold picks his son, Jamie, and he He goes over. He's going to give Jamie the Turbo Man, and all will be right in the world. But here comes Sinbad with the attack. And right before uh, – I think Arnold's going to say, if I recall, there's there's a little Star Wars joke here. You know what I'm talking about here? No, I don't think so. Okay. Arnold sees Jamie and Jamie's like, Oh my God, turbo man's going to give me this doll. And Arnold says, he starts to say, I'm not turbo man. I am your father, (laughs) which is hilarious. If you realize he's saying that to Anakin Skywalker, who will one day say that to Luke.
1: Oh goodness. That is funny. But yeah, so all this is going on on the float right now. Like Jamie got on the float to accept the turbo man doll.
0: Yes, They just let Jamie run over onto a moving float. I think their security might have some problems with that.
1: Yeah, and they were pretty lucky that he was, like, when Howard had to choose a winner, the float was really close to Jamie where he was in the audience.
0: Yeah, can you imagine if he was nowhere near Jamie? He'd have to stand there for like 10, 15 minutes until they got to Jamie and not pick anybody.
1: (laughs) I'm looking for a Jamie. Is he here? Jamie Langston. Hello, I know you're here.
0: (laughs) Turbo Man really needs to pick somebody. Turbo Man, remember, you met Arnold's like hemming and hawing. Hmm, I don't know. I don't think any of these kids are worthy. Turbo Man, you must pick somebody. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyway, yeah, so here comes Myron comes down as Dementor, and he shoves Booster off the float, and we have a big fight between the two main characters. And this is what I said earlier, where (laughs) Booster falls to the sidewalk, and all the children of Minnesota rush him so they can beat the shit out of him. (laughs) <laughs> yes that
1: poor hmm, pink animal <laughs> oh yeah and coming in to aid dementor are a bunch of those little mini power ranger teletubby characters
0: the minions or something yeah who are who have they did you, did you write down their name i always forget what they're called
1: uh i let's see i just said evil minions look like a cross between power rangers and teletubbies
0: we're we're frantically going through our notes trying to figure out who Dementor's sidekicks are called. Oh, I wrote it down here. They're the Demon Team. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so the Demon Team comes and attacks, and it's this big brawl on the float. And again, this is a funny scene. I just I'm gonna laugh talking about it where they're just all beating each other up over this turbo man doll. And you got booster being beaten up by kids. And at one point, Booster looks up and yells at the Mentor, hey, get out of here. This isn't the script. And Sinbad's like, oh, shut up. Nobody likes you, Booster. And everybody's like, boo.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, and all of those little demon team are like, don't you remember the choreography? Because they're trying to have a nice choreographed fight and Arnold has no clue what he's doing. So he's just being like attacked in a very choreographed manner, but he's not reacting any way he should, so...
0: It's a frenzy. Yeah, so what happens, if I recall, Arnold shoves the Turbo Man doll into Jamie's backpack, Dementor grabs him and runs off, and the announcer's off to the side. Again, I think these were real Minneapolis announcers that were on TV, and they're like, yeah, oh, no, I guess Dementor has won. And the woman's like, "Uh, this could be the end of civilization as we know it.
1: (laughs) Yes, they think this is just the biggest, coolest scene going on, like, Yeah, this is awesome. No one's expecting this to be, you know, off a float and it looks really cool. Like, oh no, this kid, will he get his Turbo Man doll? He's being chased by Dementor.
0: (laughs) And here comes, I said this earlier in the podcast, there's a couple Sinbad lines that always crack me up. They're just little improv one-liners. And whenever I think about this movie, here's the line that I think of, where Sinbad's chasing Jamie. Jamie's running down the street from the parade. Sinbad's chasing him in his Dementor costume. And at one point, Sinbad runs into a guy dressed up as a present, a wrapped present in the parade. (laughs) And he shoves him out of the way. And Sinbad just says, get out of the way, box. (laughs) I have no idea why that makes me laugh, just the way he says it. Get out of the way, box.
1: Yeah, I guess that and that cookies comment are some of the winners. I've always like, he
0: knows my name. And again, that, like I said, we're giggling about this movie, but that's a really legitimate chill moment, chill scene moment where you're like, wow, that's a cool little moment in this movie. Anyway, so uh, Jamie's running away with the Turbo Man doll in his backpack. Sinbad's chasing him. And what happens? They go up a ladder, right? He climbs up on a roof to get away from Sinbad.
1: Yeah. Shit's starting to get super dangerous in case all this crazy grown man chasing a little kid isn't dangerous enough, but...
0: Yeah, Jamie's going up, and they're doing some cool stunts. Like, they they had to get a little stunt kid to do this. He's hanging off the side of a building. Sinbad's going up there, but it doesn't matter, because we're about to get the big slapstick moment of the movie, where Arnold realizes he has a jetpack on. Yes. And he's
1: been informed, like, yeah, he can... It's a jetpack that can actually be used. It's not just for show. So, he's... Figuring out the controls of how to actually use it, because he's not trained in, in this costume design at all. So, yeah, he is now epically flying, like, through the crowd <laughs> to try and get to his son.
0: Yeah, this is a fun green screen moment. Arnold tries to figure out the jetpack, doesn't quite get it at first, and he spins at like a thousand miles an hour straight up into the sky, <laughs> like whirling as fast as he can. It's a great shot.
1: Yes, can definitely see how the original Turbo Man got injured practicing for this role.
0: (laughs) The announcers are like, Oh, looks like Turbo Man's having a little problem with his controls today. (laughs) Yeah, they're just making the
1: crowd realize this is indeed all a show. Everything's going according to plan. No one panic. No one go and help this kid. No (laughs) one stop the evil grown-up adult. (laughs) We're all good.
0: Okay, so let's get to the grand finale here. So Jamie's on the roof. Uh, Sinbad is trying to grab him. Arnold eventually gets up on the roof and shoots, like, his little – what are they called? Turbo rangs, like little boomerangs at him? Yeah, boomerang things. (laughs) He knocks Myron down. Myron falls down off the roof into a dumpster. He's fine. And this is where Jamie, the little boy, actually falls off the roof. Like, we actually have a little bit of peril. And this is where Howard finally gets to be the hero of the movie, where he figures out how the jetpack works. And what happens?
1: Well, first – Sinbad actually got the Turbo Man doll, so while well, he fell, he's okay. He's happy in his own little world before the cops descend on him. But yeah, Jamie actually falls off that ladder thing, and Howard, who has now figured out the jetpack, and only took like a minute or two. But yeah, he was able to catch Jamie, and they're now flying over the parade in the jetpack before he can safely land and deliver Jamie to his
0: mom. And I think when they're flying, this is where he tells Jamie. Or no, no, he says, that's right, he catches Jamie. And Jamie's like, wow, Turbo Man save me. And Arnold drops one of Turbo Man's catchphrases as he's flying him down to safety. You can always count on me.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm glad he's seen enough Turbo Man to be able to quote him, at least.
0: <laughs> I would imagine every parent in this movie has seen enough of Turbo Man to be able to quote him.
1: I don't know, but he's not around, so. What we've known is... He's never doing stuff that Jamie wants him to do, like his karate tournament.
0: All right, all right, good point. So Arnold flies uh, Jamie down to his wife or to Jamie's mom, whatever, however you want to say it. He flies <laughs> her down to the the wife, and he presents Jamie, and she's like, "Oh, thank you so much, sir. You saved my son." <laughs> this is I love this moment. Like how okay, Arnold is is barely disguised as Turbo Man. He has a half mask on that covers his eyes, and that's about it. This is like a Lois and Clark situation with Superman, like taking off the glasses and she suddenly recognizes him. (gasps) Yep.
1: (laughs) It's a superhero thing. It it works for Turbo Man, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: So my wife was just laughing when we were watching this. She's like, how does she not know that's Arnold? That's Turbo Man. He's all bulked up. He's got an Austrian accent. She's looking at his face from four feet away. Then he pulls off his mask. She's like, oh, Howard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but uh, it was cute before that when Jamie was just like, oh, I wish my dad could have seen that. So he, like, yeah, takes off his mask, lets him know his dad was there the whole time.
0: Dad was the hero for once in his lifetime.
1: Yeah, and who finally shows up to the little gang is Ted. And Ted's son nicely tells him that Turbo Man was indeed Howard all along, so... (laughs) Ted decides he and to get out of there ASAP.
0: Yeah, Ted has been bested. Finally, somebody has one-upped Ted. Arnold has become Turbo Man. Ted can't do that, so Ted flees in horror. So, all is right in the world. Although, there's one thing I always wanted to point out here. When Okay, so Turbo Man has given this limited-edition Turbo Man to Jamie, and then he pulls off his mask, and everyone sees it's Jamie's dad that just gave him the doll. Wouldn't the audience be a little more pissed that it was a fix? A uh,
1: problem but i'd like to think those who managed to make it to the parade uh got their kids the dolls well in advance
0: yeah but not that doll that's the amazing one that's the the limited edition one that's there's only one of so i i think to, to me just knowing how parents are parents are horrible that the minute they see that that was jamie's dad that gave him the turbo man they would all storm and beat him just like booster got beaten
1: yeah, I mean, someone had to teach those kids you beat down who you don't
0: like. Exactly. They have to learn this early.
1: Yeah, they probably would have started to do that. But, you know, the cop shows up to return the doll first. Okay. Yeah, I got from Sinbad, So There's some police force on here. You can't just beat up someone in front of the cops.
0: He wouldn't be able to bench press his way out of that one.
1: Yeah, no, he wouldn't. And, yeah, so the, the cop just sees the back of Arnold's head and tells them that the squad could use good men like him or something like that, not knowing who he's talking to.
0: So Arnold turns around, the cop sees him. It's the same scoff law this cop's been chasing the entire movie, and Arnold's like, "Thank you, sir," and salutes him, and the cop is, he, he drops his coffee or something. I kind of forget.
1: Probably again, he just looks dis- like defeated <laughs> at this point. he's like, "God damn it, I can't arrest you, can I?" <laughs> That's just what he's thinking, and he leaves.
0: <laughs> okay, and here's the final part of the movie where Arnold says, "You know, Jamie and <laughs> your wife. What is? The, I always forget his wife's name. Jamie and wife. I won't. I won't let you down anymore. I'm sorry I've neglected you. I love you." And they all hug, and yay! It's an, a big old happy ending. And this is where we get the final ending of Myron that I kind of always kind of forget this part happens.
1: Yeah. So Jamie, knowing that. He has this amazing father now. His father is the Turbo Man, or at least the Turbo Man of the Parade. Goes over to Myron, who is being carted off by the police and gives him the limited edition Turbo Man Dolby. And then Howard asks, Why, Jamie? Like, isn't this what you exactly what you wanted? And then he said something about how he has the real thing at home.
0: Aw, Jamie. The warm-hearted Jamie realizes Sinbad needs this Turbo Man more than he does. He gives Sinbad the doll for his son. And Jamie says, "I my dad is Turbo Man. I don't need a toy anymore. And it's a very sweet ending. Ooh.
1: Happy endings all around, except for Ted.
0: Except for Ted. Oh, the Ted the Reindeer, I think, is happy because he's all drunk now and happy.
1: Oh, yeah. Ted the Reindeer is doing great. Ted's son still has a Turbo Man doll at home, unless it got broken in the... <laughs> In the frenzy, so everybody wins. Yes, everybody's a winner, and it ends what on Christmas Day. Jamie's having fun opening his gifts, whether there's a Turbo Man there or not. But Arnold realizes he forgot something. His wife asks where her present
0: is. Wait a minute, what? That scene isn't in my version of the movie. Is that? Do you have an extended version? Oh no, did I? I don't know. I it, see the version I saw ends with the parade, and everyone lives happily ever after. Dang. Wow, there may be a second version of this movie. I'm not aware. There may be an extent Is that like a post-credit sequence or right after the parade?
1: I don't recall where it is. It might be mid or post credits.
0: Are you are are you writing "Jingle All the Way" fan fiction again? I am not. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Let me go in. Wow, we found a controversy in this movie. That I don't have it in my notes. I just have the parade. And then I wrote everyone wins the end. I
1: don't know. It's I don't know exactly, but at some point when, oh yeah, when Howard puts the star like on the top of the tree because he finally gets to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Liz, that's her name. Asks Howard what he got for her, and he realizes nothing.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm glad that scene, and thank you for describing it to me. Now I, I don't remember that at all. Dang.
1: It happens. I don't know, like, what kind of version do you have? I just have the kind you buy on streaming.
0: <laughs> I just have a random old DVD from, like, the late 90s.
1: Oh, dang. Yeah, I wonder if it's was, like, an extended thing, because I don't really know what version you buy on streaming, if it's, like, a special or not.
0: Wow, there's an extended edition of Jingle all the way. I'm very excited to learn this.
1: <laughs> I was like, what?
0: <laughs> the director's cut, the three-hour director's cut.
1: Oh well, yeah, I can go into some other scenes. Well, yeah, that's where all the, like, you know, Anakin and his mom getting carted off to Tatooine. That's in the extended cut, I thought.
0: <laughs> wow. I had no idea. So the extended edition is literally just Star Wars The Phantom Menace.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I can describe other scenes, like, you know, pod racing.
0: That's cool. I can't believe Howard never got Jamie a pod racer, that dick of a father.
1: I know. Like... <laughs> That sounds like a way cooler gift than a Turbo Man doll.
0: Well, you know, little Johnny's got a pod racer under the tree.
1: He has a lot of shit under the tree. But you know what he doesn't have? Turbo Man is a dad.
0: That's a good point. And a mother, apparently, also.
1: Well, they've got divorced, so... (laughs) I'm not sure where she's at in this, but...
0: Okay, we're we're veering off the subject here. So, with that, we have finished our coverage of my Christmas movie for the year, Jingle All the Way, just one of these little movies that was a big flop at the time, I know nobody really liked it at the time. I remember, you may be too young to know this, but Conan O'Brien, on his show, used to use this movie as the butt of a joke almost every time. They'd always have, like, a fake Arnold show up on the show, and he'd always talk about, see my movie, Jingle All the Way, and it was like a big punchline, because everyone thought it sucked. So... I'm very happy to know that it kind of has gained some prestige over the years, and it's a little better known among younger people.
1: Yes, and they're getting their own pop Funkos, so that's good, too.
0: Really? That is the sign that you know you've made it when the pop Funkos come out? Exactly. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add about, uh, let's see, Arnold, Sinbad, Jingle All The Way, Jake Lloyd? I know you probably have some Jake Lloyd fun facts.
1: Uh, No, I was supposed to prepare some fun facts. Well, he's an awesome dude, I bet – He was, you know, an iconic actor. There will only be a handful of Anakins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a fun fact. Thank you, Katie.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Unless they make more. I'm sure there's already a lot of Anakins out there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll stop while we're ahead here. So, so yeah, jingle all the way. uh, Go watch it with your family this Christmas. One of these fun movies that... Like, I always thought I was one of the few people who liked, and I was kind of shocked, like I said earlier, when I said I was doing this for staff picks, and a lot of people kind of came out of the woodwork. They're like, oh, I thought I was the only one who liked that movie. So, like, this is like a secret favorite of a lot of people, including my friend Katie here.
1: Yep. And all because I think my brother made fun of it a lot, so we watched it probably more than normal people would. (laughs) But it's a fun watch. Like, is it the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but still, like, it's a fun watch, lots of funny moments, and I think it's a lot of stuff you can just laugh at if you go in not taking this movie too seriously.
0: Now, I want to sign off for time reasons. This should be the end of the podcast, but you now the Mystery Science Theater in me is curious. What did your brother make fun of about this movie? What was his favorite thing to mock?
1: Jake Lloyd. I think he just liked mocking Jake Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go I really hope Jake Lloyd doesn't listen to this but luckily I think he's in a slave pit on Tatooine so he probably won't be able to
1: oh no he got out he was like burned in some you know fiery
0: pits of Mustafar (laughs) so he's still laying there by the pit all fiery
1: yes that is where Anakin died and where Darth Vader was born
0: oh great you dropped a spoiler
1: you were the chosen one it was said that you would destroy this not join them Oh, shit. Sorry, everyone. Spoiler alert.
0: Okay, well, I'll sign off again. Thank you for joining me, Katie. Uh, Love to have you back on again. And again, my name is Mario Lanza. This is Staff Picks. If you need to reach me, you can reach me at staffpickspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Mario J. Lanza. Until next time, I'll be out there searching for more movies that deserve more love, and I'll try to find somebody interesting to come on and talk about them. Talk to you guys later. Put that cookie down! Bye. I'm not a pervert. I just was looking for a doll.
1: Here, have some non-alcoholic eggnog.